Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Bruising Backhands. Today, we are on episode number three. All right. So I'm sure everybody, you know, maybe has, uh, we got to get ready to upload episode two here shortly, and then we'll be uploading episode three. So you guys got two coming at you really quickly. Uh, today, we've got some uh, some amazing uh, companions here. You know, they're, they've are they been on the, the show a few times. You know, they're, they're helping me out here. Uh, today, we'll be, uh, our unofficial sponsor uh, will be Metazoa Brewing Company. A small local brewery here in Indiana, in Indianapolis. Uh, anytime that they have, uh, if you ever want to go, you know, support a Indiana Humane Society, a uh, dollar of ever, yeah, for every dollar you spend, I think they they put back, I think a dollar towards the Indiana Humane Society. So come support a good time. Beer's delicious. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, so we've got some amazing topics here uh, today. We've got. That we're going to kind of discuss and, and figure out the you know the the ins and outs of what's been going on you know at the the land down under uh we've got rafa and rude that's that were, were knocked out in the third round uh we've got or second round medvedev was knocked out in the third uh usa has been coming in clutch you know we've got four on the men on the men's side uh, i think that's the first time since the early 2000s i believe uh that, that i think that's been there you've got can we see another top three lose in the fourth round? Um, you know, Sitsi Poss plays today at 3 a.m., uh, so we'll see how he does today. And then we're also going to kind of wrap up some some of tonight's matches, uh, you know, see what we, what we think is going to go on, who's going to win. Uh, so it's a, uh, you know, open open invitation to, to figure out what's going to go on there. So let's start off with, with the beginning of today's, you know, agenda. Uh, Rafa and Rude out in the second round. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I, at least for me, like, you know, with Rafa, you know, he's the defending champion, but I personally didn't think he was going to defend. Um, I think the only grand slam that he's been able to successfully defend his title, obviously, is the French. Any other major, he's never been able to defend his title the next year. So, um, you know, history shows that, that's typically not one of his one of his beats that he'll he'll go over go after. So I wasn't obviously I was surprised he lost to, to Mac McDonald. I was thinking when he'd come up against um, you know either I was thinking more like the fourth round potentially against Tiafo um, was where he was probably going to fall. That 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 would have that was my guess. Mac McDonald was shocked, but obviously you could see that he was hampered with injury. Um, he released a statement saying he had some sort of uh, pretty high sprain or something with. I can't. I don't know if it was his hip. I think, I think it was his right. I think it was right. I think it was hip, and I think also a right. I think a right leg, or yeah. you know, ankle area. Yeah. So I mean, and when you think about it, like going into the into the, into the tournament, he lost six of his last seven matches. Um, he really wasn't going in with great form. Because um, when he when he won the tournament last year, he won the, I believe one of the tune-ups going into it. So he was he was looking pretty solid going into the 2022 Aussie. So it, to me, it's not a total surprise that he's, they didn't win the title, but I was definitely shocked that he lost to Mac McDonald, but obviously, obviously a bummer for the event. Um, and I'm sure he'll be coming back with a vengeance for the, for the French open for sure. Absolutely. Um, I agree with all of what Pat just said. Um, I don't know if this has played a factor at all, but obviously you could see when Federer retired last fall now at the labor cup obviously him and rafa are very tight on and off the court and ever since then i know rafa has gotten the question pretty much 
either every press conference or every other press conference about retirement. I don't know if that's weighing on his mind. Uh, you know, he's 36 now. I believe, yeah. He's several uh, couple years younger than, than Roger. So, I mean, he's obviously not the youngest guy out on the tour anymore. He's been there for pushing 20 years, if not 20 years. So, I think it's starting to weigh on his mind more than he's letting on. Uh, you can kind of, at least from my perspective, you can kind of gauge that that question over and over keeps getting asked is way more on his mind. And I think it's starting to affect his play a little bit. Um, obviously, he's one of the most mentally tough players out there. You know, up there with the likes of Federer, with the likes of Djokovic, um, and all these up-and-coming players that are really starting to make a name for themselves. I think it's just starting to wear on him a little bit. And I'll be very interested to see what kind of form he goes into in the clay court season. Because... It'll be interesting just to see if it's typical clay court season and Rafa's dominating or if it's finally the changing of the tide and you know, the passing of the torch kind of thing. So we'll see. But definitely a shock for sure. Yeah, I remember him putting out a statement. I think they the press kept asking, like, you know, retiring. He's like, you guys always keep asking when I'm going to retire. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's my choice, not yours. So it's like people are, you know, that's weighing heavily on their mind. But, I mean – Yes, we're coming into the clay court season, but you can't ever count him out. That guy is he's Absolutely. he's the god and and knows what he's doing. And I don't know how his body doesn't hurt after playing on clay. I know it's easier, but I mean he is sli- slipping and sliding all over the court. So but it seems to work out. I mean, he's won what, fourteen French opens now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is many French opens as Pete Cypress has majors, which is insane. Of a stat, that probably wasn't but, Pete's uh, favorite tweet when he saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> After that, probably like I worked my ass off for fourteen majors, and Rafa just wins one. <laughs> Absurd. But I. So let's talk about the, you know, the Casper Ruud. Um, you know, honestly, the guy he played is is he he's a tricky player. You know, Jensen Brooksby is definitely not a guy you want to take for granted. Um, I mean, everybody saw what he did at the U.S. Open. Uh, I believe it was last year. You know, he made it to was it last year or 21. It was last year because I think he made it to like the fourth round, I think, third or fourth round. Of... So his game is definitely a little, little cattywonky. You know, he's not going to kill you with overpowering shots you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, high, high profile tennis. Um, he's a very ch- uh, cheeky and, you know, tricky player. You know, his backhand slice is just, you don't know what he's doing. You don't know if he's slicing it long or if he's slicing it short, you know, and his forehand is just very, just very consistent. He just gets it in and that's all he does. So, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of your guys' takes, you know, on the match? I mean, clearly rude, you know, got to a, a final last year at the U S open playing, uh, Carlos Alcaraz, which was probably an amazing match to watch. You know, Alcaraz was, 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 was a stud. But to see him go out in, in round two, you know, to some guy that's, you know, some Joey, you know, Joey Blowy over here. What are you guys, <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, for me, like, it, to me, like, I, I still don't think that Casper, like, he's a heck of a player, but I, I see him really, like, 
actually winning a major, in my opinion. Like, he made two major finals last year um, with the French and the U.S., and I, I never really thought he was going to win either one of those matches. Don't get me wrong, I'm not downplaying the fact he, he reached a couple finals. Like, that's, that's no small feat. But I just think that he's – to me, it's just a question if he, if he can get to that extra gear. Like, he's almost – he kind of gives me, like, a little bit of a Ferrer vibe. Um, a little bit better player than, than Ferrer, I think. But I'm just like, has he reached his ceiling? You know, so I'm just a little – to me, like, I don't personally ever see him winning a major. And also, too, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he should have lost to Brooksby. But I think, too, like, you know how tennis, like, truly doesn't have an offseason. I mean, he he played, like, every exhibition he could um, mm-hmm. ever. And, they, they, and it's a big payout. I mean, he was I – think, I think he won an exhibition in, like, Saudi Arabia or something. He got a million bucks, you know. So, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, he's just – he's – which, I mean, I don't blame the guy. Like, obviously, it's a solid payday. Um, so, but I, I don't think that he came in, like, that fresh either. Like, he was just he, – he didn't really take December off or, like, you know, like a lot of guys typically do. So, I think that could have played into it. Um, I definitely think he's a, he's a hell of a lot better player than Brooksby. I, I think that upset, personally, was a fluke. Um, it's awesome that it happened. Um, and then Brooksby just lost to Paul the very next match pretty meekly after that. But it, it's great to see that – you know, obviously, bias is American. Love seeing that, but um, I, I definitely think that you know it, that was surprising. Rude, definitely. I, I I had him at least going to like the quarters, but I never really see him as a legitimate major winner. At least right now, I definitely agree. He's definitely not the typical number two seed where you. I'll, revert back to the big three with Federer, Rafa, and Djokovic, and even Murray when he was number four in the world, where these guys routinely made it, you know, nine times out of ten to the second week of a major, and there's the typical one and two guys that cruise through their first three or four matches, and maybe the three seed maybe dropped a set here or there, or maybe even the top two dropped a set here or there. I don't see Rude as one of those guys yet, um, like Pat said, he definitely has improved. I mean, he made two major finals, which is a hell of an accomplishment of itself, but he hasn't really gotten to that next level of consistent slam contender and not a routine guy to get through the first week unscathed. Um, on paper, and I think, you know, skill wise, um, it is an upset because Brooksby, I don't think, is at the caliber of Rude but not as drastic of an upset as what the seeds kind of showed it as. Um, I definitely want to see him improve, and I definitely want to see him be a major winner because I really like his game. I like his personality uh, from everything you hear from every player on the tour. He's a very nice and humble guy, which is always nice to hear from his peers. So hopefully you know, going into the clay court season, maybe he kind of turns things around or maybe defends his finalist showing at the French and at the U.S. Open, I should say. Um, so hopefully this kind of gets his, you know, mind right, maybe takes a break a little bit that he didn't take in the off se- the typical off season of, you know, mid to late December, and then turns things back around going into, you know, like Indian Wells and then into the clay court season. So we'll see. No, I agree. I, I, his game is definitely, it's a, uh, it's not the big three by any means. Um, you know, his game is definitely a little, a little different. 
Um, he plays very well, very consistent. You know, the backhand is very strong. Um, but he definitely has a lot of room to improve. Uh, I, I don't think he's he's super comfortable at the net. Um, I think that kind of I think he lacks a little bit. Uh, you know, I think he kind of gets a little indecisive on where, where he's going to go and how if he's going to approach like come into the net. If he's not like I think he kind of gets a little indecisive on things. You know, he kind of has to trust his gut and just go for it. And you know, if he fucks up, he fucks up. You know, you you, you figure it out as you go. And then, you know, then that's if you lose, then you take that back to the practice court and figure out what you need to work on. So I, I, I like him as, as a player. You know, he's very relaxed. You know, he doesn't show, doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. Um, but I like him as a player. He's very amazing. Um, so now we'll hit on, you know, Medvedev. You know, I watched, uh, you know, he got knocked out in the third round. I watched that match. Uh, that was honestly a pretty enjoying matchup to see um I, you know i've never seen usually medvedev is the one that's really controlling things um and in that matchup he definitely was not uh you know it, it was just insane you know corda was just almost like moving him around the court like he he shouldn't even have been like showed up on like at all for the match so i mean that's just my take from what i've seen and, and how i've been you know how I was viewing the the match. You know what are you, some of your guys' thoughts and takes as your guy as you guys maybe seen some highlights or saw actually saw it in the morning. I thought it was cool with like, I mean, Corda. He's a guy that he's been. You know, he he has potential. He's got a lot of talent. Um, you know, his his ground strokes are pretty effortless. I thought it was cool. Like, I don't know if you guys saw when he was walking out onto the court and they go through that tunnel and they show all the previous champions on there. And when he passed by his dad's, when he won in 98, he gave him a little, <laughs> like a little bump of the fist on the panel um, as he walked by. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, it's, I think, I think part of it too is like the fact that Corda, I mean, he, I think he does have the potential to be a Grand Slam winner one day. Um, I think he's got that kind of talent, definitely top 10 for sure. So I think he just came in obviously with a lot of belief. He, he really, I mean, he was, he almost won Adelaide. A couple weeks ago, he had a match point against Djokovic. It's like, even though he lost that match, I mean, it's like, you, you take a lot of confidence from that, you know, where it's like you almost just beat arguably the best player um, in, in, a, in in his favorite, really in his favorite arena to play or favorite area to play. Um, so I think he took a lot of confidence going into that. And then also, too, I think Medvedev, he just hasn't fully gotten over, I think, the Rafa loss from last year. He just hasn't been the same guy. Um, like he really hasn't been a threat like to, to the top guys or to any event since that tournament. And so I, I think there's still a bit of a hang, hangover effect with that. He, he just doesn't seem really motivated. Um, and then also too, I think Corda just, he just, he really treed in this match. So um, personally, I don't like Medvedev either. So I just, I love it. That, <laughs> and especially the fact that it was an American that won, that gets awesome. Um, you know, so it's one of those where I'm not, I'm not completely surprised by this upset, personally. I just, you know, Medvedev hasn't looked that sharp really the last 12, 12 months. And Korda, he just, he's continuing to just improve it. And, and he just barely lost to Djokovic two weeks ago. So, um, so hats off to Korda. I definitely like Korda a lot. He's one of my favorite up-and-coming Americans. He reminds me a lot of, uh, like, a Marat Safin. Um, I think 
if he stays the course, he could probably have more success than a Marat Sappen. You know, I think Sappen won two majors, and with his game, I think he should have won more. So I think he's kind of in that same realm, tall, lanky guy, big ground strokes, makes things look pretty easy. Um, has a pretty much an all-court game, I would say. His net game could improve, but I think it'll just improve with time and experience on the Pro Tour. Um, Pat, like you said, he has his dad as a previous major winner, so obviously he has somebody who's been there before, kind of in his camp, knows what it takes to get to the top and win one of these you know, coveted titles. Um, I think his sister is even a, one of the top LPGA players, too. So it's a very athletic family. You know, her being a pro golfer, him being a pro tennis player, their dad being a pro tennis player. So athletics definitely runs in the family. Um, with Medvedev, I definitely agree that it wasn't as much of a shock as, you know, a guy like him going out this early in the tournament. I have, I do think that he has that capable, you know, that capability. We keep referencing this extra gear that some players need to, you know, kind of tap to to get to over the hump in some matches. You know, you see Djokovic overcome match points to win matches, and um, guys coming back from two sets to love down to win matches. Um, I think it's. I think Medvedev has that. I think he kind of has a Kyrgios-esque issue, though. I think his head gets in the way sometimes, where he lets outside factors kind of influence him pretty easily. I saw in one of his early matches, he got, I think he got a verbal obscenity warning by engaging with the crowd. I think he dropped the F-bomb or something like that. I think something as simple as that tends to creep in and things as simple as that influence his game a little too much. Um, and I think if he gets over that, these sorts of losses might be eliminated for him. Because um, as much as I, I really don't like, I'm in the same boat as Pat, I don't really like Medvedev all that much, but he's a fascinating player. He would be one guy that I would hate to play, but he just finds ways to win with what he has. I just think it's his mental side that kind of gets in the way and fucks up his game. So definitely interesting that he's out, but I think he'll bring it back up again, you know, kind of going throughout the season. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, clearly throughout the, you know, it's a long season, you know, they go from January to November. So, and then you've got really the off season's about maybe a month, month and a half, where there's not really any tennis or really anything going on, but they're training on the court. They're they're out there, you know, practicing on the court. They're in the gym consistently, you know, getting their fitness in, um, getting their 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 workouts in, you know, uh, lifting. So I mean, they're always trying to get better. But yeah, I mean, I feel like tennis is is definitely a a sport that's tough because it's very it's very brutal on the body. Um, you know, and then the mental side of things is very tough, but then you've also got, you know, you play for 11 months. So mm-hmm. it's, it's tough to make, to consistently be, stay, but you know, Roger, Rafa and Novak all did it. So there's everybody else can do it. It's just, you just got to find that extra step and that extra 
umph of of mental you know they say tennis is 80 per 85 percent mental you know 15 percent skill and it's 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 all about how you manage it and how you how you deal with those those situations yeah i agree with everything you guys all said it it's it's, it's a bad you know case um but it, it was nice to see an american kind of kind of come up and, and beat somebody that was that made a that's won a major final you know made it to a semifinal last year against you know against one of the best rafa um and and beat him and just make him look like you know it just he struggled just was very off balance so it was really nice to see um you know it's we all you know we always talk about the big three you know and and, and everything else but we always leave out you know the the main guy of of the big four technically who you know, the, and, and I didn't discuss this in the very beginning of our of our you know co- you know startup. We've got you know Andy Murray. Um, you know, I feel like the Big Four pretty much took over majors for 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 years. You know, you had Roger Novak, Ra- you know Rafa, and then Murray. So all four were were amazing, and I, and I don't know if you guys saw the the Murray and Tanasi match. You know, that was probably some of the most brutal. And, and amazing tennis I've seen. I mean, both guys just, they laid it on the line and watching them play till 3 a.m. Um, was even better. Cause I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting at work and it's almost noon our time, you know, and the match is still going on. So it was nice to see that I didn't have to wake up at the, the, you know, the ass crack of dawn to, to watch a tennis match. I could stay up and, and be at work and still, and still watch it for the next three and a half hours. But I mean, Tanasi was just, he came out strong. He came out, you know, swinging for the first two sets and, and won it. There's just that extra gear. Somehow Marie knows, and he gets to a ton of balls, you know, metal hit man somehow was able to get around it. And I mean, I think they even put in on, he put on uh, in Twitter that said, the doctor said that, you know, you're definitely going to need a hip replacement with a hip, you know, metal hip put in your, you're not, your career is done. And he says, well, that, that was five years ago. So clearly that, that things have changed. I've defied those odds. Um, so, but to see him get around the court, you know, yes, you could definitely tell it. It's not the old Murray way, but it definitely was enjoyable to see. You could definitely tell it was kind of bringing back the old Murray watching, watching him play against Tanasi, um, in his home crowd and, and Tanasi gave, gave a hundred percent applause, but he definitely was not, was, was not happy about that match. And I mean, honestly, in the third set, Tanasi probably should have closed it out, but his, I mean, his volley game is like watching a, a you know a middle school volley. I mean it's it's ferocious. Oh. <laughs> the shots, bro. I like Tanasi. Don't don't get me wrong. I like Tanasi as a player. I love his game. His ground strokes are great. You know, that backhand is is not the Nick Kyrgios, you know, that real flat backhand. Uh, he comes over it well. He gets a lot of pop. Um, he's not a, he doesn't shy away from it. You know, the forehand's very wristy, very flicky, uh, but he definitely needs to work on that overhead uh, game and that volley game. It definitely has a lot of room to improve. It is interesting watching Akis play singles versus doubles because, like we've talked about before, he's a doubles major champion. He won the Aussie Open with Kyrgios last year. And, you know... I think his doubles volleying, if there's a difference, you know, his doubles volleying is a lot better than his singles volleying. You know, you kind of use a lot more angles. You have a lot more court to play with on a doubles court mm-hmm. at the alleys. And, you know, 
a lot of people say when you play doubles, it influences your singles game and it improves your volley, you know, your net game and all that. I don't know if the case is the same. <laughs> it is pretty bad is singles volleying. Um, whereas if you watch like highlights or in that first episode of the Netflix series, they kind of show some points from him and Curios's matches and the double straw last year. He's putting balls away at the net. He's putting away overheads. He's doing everything you're supposed to be doing on a doubles court, but that volley doesn't translate at all to the singles court. So it's it's interesting how that plans or that plays out. In regards to Murray, he now I think has the record for the most comebacks from two sets to love down in men's tennis history. I don't know if that's tennis in general or if it's just men's tennis regardless it's a hell of a stat that he has i think it's 11 it's 11 i think i saw like roger was second with 10 yeah Uh, so he's in very elite company there i think it was really cool to see him i used to think murray was he still is pretty whiny pretty you know complaining to his a lot out on the court but i think he's matured a lot since you know, 10 years ago or, you know, pushing 15 years ago. So it is good to see him. I Like you said, Kyle, his movement isn't what it used to be. You know, he doesn't slide as much because it's harder on his hips. Um, it, he looks a little bit cautious out there, but his strokes are still able to make up for it. Um, I think it was just really cool to watch and cool to see. Even though he lost in the next round, he's one of those players now that he's just, I think, thankful to be out there, given all that he's been through. And he is a major champion. You know, he's won Wimbledon. He's won the U.S. Open. He could have more majors. He's kind of like erotic, where he could have more majors if it wasn't for these top guys, um, especially Federer. So I think that was one of the highlights for the tournament in general was just seeing that match and seeing him out there playing again. Yeah, it was, it was definitely like, it was pretty, uh, hopefully he takes away a lot from this tournament, just a lot of confidence. Um, yeah, you got to feel for Tanasi. I mean, when you're up two sets and five, two, you know, close it. I mean, that's, that's pretty brutal. Um, in your home country, you know, that's, you got to feel for the guy. Hopefully he, <laughs> that doesn't, that doesn't rock him too much, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty awesome seeing you know Murray come back um it was one of those where it was amazing to see him with these comebacks but it's also like the last thing he needs is all these hours on court though if <laughs> he's gonna be like <laughs> a legitimate threat to like make a run in a big tournament um because like the very next round he had to play RBA and it's like you know when you're when you're low on fuel that's one of the last guys you want to play um in your next round but still like it's it's pretty inspiring that he beat I mean, he beat Berrettini, he beat Kokonakis. I mean, those are some solid wins. Um, took a set off Baptista Goot in that last match. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully it, it'll, you know, because I think he's his ranking going into it was like 66 in the world. So, I mean, hopefully he can he can crack the top 50 and mm-hmm. start decent draws, too, where he's not playing a lot of these tough guys like in early rounds. So, but, uh, yeah, no, I definitely, you know, Wish him the best. It'd be pretty cool to see him make a deep run at like Wimbledon and something like that. So hopefully he can he can take a lot of confidence from this. He's he says he's gonna play 
he's slotted to play like Rotterdam and Dubai. And so it sounds like he, I mean, as long as the body holds up, he wants to play like a full schedule. So, but um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure he too, he looks at guys like Iverson Nadal and Djokovic and um, even like Batista Goots, like they're basically the same age, you know, and he's, mm. you know, 25 in the world. So, um, you know, I'm sure he gets a lot of inspiration from these guys too. And he's like, why not me? You know, why can't I still make a push? And, you know, Federer, when he, when he came back from injury, I think he was 35 when he won the 2017 Aussie. So, you know, so I'm sure Murray's trying to still still be relevant as much as possible. But definitely, yeah, last couple of matches were, were a blast to watch. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it, it, will he ever get to be what he was back in the day? No. Like I said, I think that metal hit definitely has portrayed a little bit of a, of a tough problem and a tough um, break for him. And I think that's that's the issue. I think that's like that that mental part to get over that. It's like I can't get over that hump because, you know, I've got a metal hip, so I gotta be cautious of what I do and how I play, you know. But was it enjoyable to watch him, you know, play and, and really, you know, give the guys a, a run? Yes. You know, to see him give, you know, give these younger guys a, a run for their money, you know, and win when he's, you know, he's got a metal hip and, you know, so he's showing and defi- you know, defying all odds. So that I thought it was really cool to watch. Um, so we'll get back on topic here. Kind of had to go, you know, go a little bit off topic. You know, the big we always talked about the big three, but you know, technically, I'd, I I would consider big four. You really were were dominating nonstop. Um, so we'll c- kind of touch base here. We've got you know USA uh, coming in the clutch. You know, we've got four uh, USA players into the third round, uh, trying to enter into the fourth and, and also into the fourth round. Uh, you got Ben Shelton, you know, Tommy Paul, uh, Sebi Corda, JJ Wolf, you know, a couple of these guys all played, uh, two of them played college, I believe. I know JJ and Ben, um, one at Ohio State uh, and the other one at Florida. Um, I'm not quite sure about Tommy. I don't think Corda played played uh, played college, but it's nice to see American tennis really coming up. You know, really, we were. We had, you know, Andre Agassi, you know, Pete Sampras back in the early 90s, you know, uh, coming into the 2000s. And then you had, you know, John Isner that played at uh, Georgia, um, you know, kind of come up. And you've got Taylor Fritz, you know, he didn't play any college at all, you know, kind of come up. And he, you know, unfortunately, he, he lost in the last round. Um, but it's nice to see some of these other guys, you know, that play college show that you know college is not a joke you know it's you can still make it into the big big leagues um you know mckenzie mcdonald kind of is 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 one of those but you know you haven't seen him really go further than a a second or you know go past the first or second round though you know it's it's tough to make that leap from college tennis over to the pros because these guys have been doing it for years you know so they they know what they're doing in the game and, and the level of tennis is a lot higher a lot better um you know, and it's not where you're just playing, you know, part of the season and calling it a day you, and then go into the off season of, of summer when you're done. I mean, you're playing tournaments and stuff, but, you know, on the pro tour, it's, it's a, it's a year round thing. Your, your mind is never done. Your mental game is never off. You have to keep, keep getting sharper and sharper, you know, in that month and a half time frame from December to January, when, you know, when Adelaide and all the other beginning of tournaments start, you know, they really have to, you know, that's when everything comes into play. You have to put everything and have it, you know, pedal to the metal. And I think these top four guys are really showing that they they put that work in, in the off season. 
I think what it all boils down to is JJ Wolf's biceps. I mean, <laughs> and the uh, bro tag. I mean, he's, he's got the Fu Manchu to prove it. I mean, he's <laughs> up. Um, I think in his last match he played Michael Mo, who's another American. The name drop. I actually like that uh, his story where he was like the lucky loser. And I actually saw his interview where he, Michael Moe, he was watching, I think it was the Cowboys and Buccaneers game. He was like deep into the game at his hotel, about to leave for the airport. I think maybe the next day to go back to the U.S. And he got the call from the ATP like, hey, get to the campus, you know, to the grounds of the tournament. You're you're into the draw <laughs> and he won a couple rounds and he, then he lost in the third round uh, but yeah I think it's really good to see all these American players that are starting to come up you know outside of the, the Taylor Fritzes or the Francis Tiafos as exciting as those guys are especially Tiafo. I really like how you know energetic he plays and his style of play um, but watching these new guys come I think it's just really good to see, not just for the sport, but especially for American tennis, that I don't think anybody can argue did taper off quite a bit since, you know, Agassi and Sampras retired. Uh, Roddick carried the torch for a while. You know, he's a major winner himself, but, you know, only won one slam, which I know sounds bad to say because winning one slam is hard enough. So he's probably, if he was listening to this, he'd probably be like, fuck you, dude. I worked hard for <laughs> one slam <laughs> but you know only winning one slam and there was you know like the james blakes and the marty fishes that were always there but they never really did anything you know to win majors and now you kind of just get the sense that there's a good crop of american players that i feel really could feed off of each other where they could generate some slams um you know the sebastian cordas I really think he could be one of the top guys who want to slam from the U.S. Um, it'll be interesting, and I think it's really cool to see that these guys are into the fourth round and making some headlines for sure. So we'll see. I'm excited. Yeah, the last time they had four guys, four Americans, reach the, the fourth round of Aussie was 2004. You know, 2004. Okay, so it was. I was yeah. a little off on the 90s. But yeah, it was like uh, Roddick, Ginepri, Blake, and uh, blanking on, <laughs> on the fourth one. But yeah, <laughs> 2000. So it's been a long time coming, almost 20 years. So, and I mean, look at the draw, too. I mean, Corda could certainly beat her catch. I mean, that's something that I, that's a very winnable match, I would say, um, looking at that fourth round. And then, I mean, the other. The other half of the draw between Wolf and Sheldon. I mean, and then you got Paul playing a goot. I mean, there's a very good chance that we're going to get an American into the semis off of that, which is which is pretty cool. So my uh, picks JJ. It's got to be JJ. <laughs> I, don't think I would pick JJ for sure. He's you know he, I, I, Sheldon's got a lot of talent. He's got that leftiness to him. But yeah, I would pick JJ with the bro tank. Absolutely. You know, and then Paul has been all business in his matches, so he should be pretty fresh going against RBA. So I mean, and he's like a, I know he's like a fitness freak. Tommy Paul is. He got in really good shape 
that's one thing that these commentators have kind of talked about throughout the tournament, yeah. and especially on these warmer days. I think there was one day where he played Davidovich Vakina. The day he played him, that's... it wasn't that intense of weather, but kind of the drastic change from a day like that where it was in like the 60s, I think. And the day before was in the 90s, so 90s, 60s, and then back up into the upper 80s. They're like, it really shows a, you know, it's a testament to his fitness level that he's able to stay, you know, relatively unscathed in that change in temperature. Whereas some of these other players I've seen, and they've actually talked about, they've had issues with the weather, with the up and down. So I think it's cool them talking about that, especially for American tennis it's always been about the Europeans for so long and other parts of the world for so long. Um, so I think it'd be really exciting if somebody made it to the semis, possibly the final. So didn't mean to interrupt you, Pat, but definitely no, good. Oh, no, dude, all valid points. I mean, let's just, hopefully, yeah, let's just, they just keep it going. It'd be pretty cool. So let's go, JJ. Let's go, JJ. <laughs> Bring the Ohio State to uh, to some recognition for tennis wise. That's right. <laughs> All right. Under. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick break here. Let's let's bring in a, a new unofficial sponsor here. Marty, why don't you kick us off with what you got there? Right. Again, to any viewer watching this, these are unofficial sponsors. Um, my unofficial sponsor is from Three Floyds Brewing in Northwest Indiana in Munster, Indiana. Um, currently drinking the Gumball Head, which is an American wheat pale ale. Um, if you're if you're ever up in this neck of the woods or in this region, as people like to call it, it's a good brewery brewery to stop by. They actually just recently opened backup from the pandemic they were shut down for a while um so go enjoy yourself and gumball head at three floyds all right thank you very much for that i appreciate it all right let's kind of let's kind of go you know continue on with what we're what we've been doing here um you know so we've got you know to tonight's matchup you know you got sitsy pass and uh and, and center you know can we see another top three? You know, we've got the top two that are out. Can we see a top three? You know, not even make it to a quarterfinal. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Yannick Center fan. I like his game. Um, very solid strokes. You know, very. You know, his serve definitely is. If it's on, it's 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 good. Um, but definitely, if it if it's off, it's a uh, it's a total nightmare. You know, it just collapses, and that's the issue. Uh, but Sitsi Pass has you know definitely been the the hot player to, to watch. Um, he definitely has had, had some moments of, of, of bad, you know, bad, bad, you know, mojo and, and stuff on, on court, you know, being coached by his, by his dad, you know, when, when you're not supposed to be, you know, to go into the bathroom four times to, to get, to go to the bathroom, you know, as, as he, as he puts it and Andy Murray's said multiple times that he's getting coached and, you know, brought his phone with him. So, you know, can we see, you know, possibly a top three to where it's now just a Novak Djokovic free for alls for him just to win the tournament, or you know, do do we think since he pots has what it takes to to beat a Yannick Center and an up and comer that's just playing just probably some of the best tennis? It sounds like you're pulling for Sitsipas. 
Kyle, we promise not I to would... be biased towards any players on this podcast, and we got to give everybody a fair shot here. <laughs> but what do you guys think? I mean, that let's let's hear your take. Like I said, I wasn't favoring one, either one player or another. You know, I think both players are solid. They're both good. Um, it's just who's going to come out on top on 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 the play. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on on the playability of either player or on the outcome? I'm just giving you shit, Kyle. I think <laughs> I, I know you. <laughs> I'm definitely in your, your don't pro. don't don't bullshit me. I know how you work. No, <laughs> I know how you how you region people work. I'm definitely. <laughs> oh. In your, oh, oh, yeah, that's actually that's a dig back at Pat too. <laughs> Pat, I wouldn't consider Pat a you know a region. He's been all over. For Living any, in Indy. <laughs> But I mean, the, you better watch it. I mean, we, we can start <laughs> taking shots at Richmond, Indiana. I mean, how much that, time Go Go right ahead. You're not saying anything I haven't said before. <laughs> For any of the viewers out there, Pat and I both grew up in Valpo. And we're brothers. We're Valpo, Indiana, born and raised. Um, I'm the townie of the family. I'm actually still in Valpo. Pat is... <laughs> Gone on to greener pastures in the uh, North Carolina area of the U.S. But back to your original question, Kyle. I definitely think um, I'm not a huge fan of Sitsipas, even though he has a one-handed backhand. I'm obviously more partial to the one-handed backhands. Um, I don't like his mental game. I don't like how he kind of conducts himself on the court uh, or off the court whenever he's taking these mysterious bathroom breaks at high-level tournaments. Um, I like Yannick Sinner. I think it's going to be tough for him because I think Sitsipas has a winning record against Sinner. I think they were talking about that leading up when Sinner came back from two sets to love down in his last match. Um, even though it wasn't a typical two sets to love comeback, I think he won the last three sets rather convincingly. I think it was like a just over three-hour match, which for a five-set match is very impressive. Um, I think it'll be tough for him, but I think I'm picking center for this. I think he his ground strokes are better. Sitsipas on the backhand side tends to drop his backhand short in the court, which kind of sits up for anyone who wants to take kind of a shoulder height forehand. Um, he doesn't drive through the ball as much as like a Warinka, you think of his backhand as so penetrating and so heavy. I don't see that with Sitsipas on his one-handed backhand. Um, his forehand, however, is world-class. You know, he kind of has that old-school grip where it's, it's eastern, semi-eastern. It's not the full, you know, semi-western or some players have western out on the pro tour, but he has this kind of old school looking forehand which I do that's probably my favorite part of his game is his forehand or the only part of his game I like I should say um, I'll say too his serve tends to kind of falter like sinners as well uh, you kind of see some wild you know shank second serves from Sitsipas where they kind of get away from him a little bit and then he gets into this mode where he's you know putting his serve in you know trying to do something with it but then he where people can kind of take advantage of these bouts where he's just trying to get his serve in and try to build his confidence back up. Uh, so I think it'll be a really good match. It could be the match of the tournament so far. 
um, outside of like a Murray coming back from two sets to love down, you know, going forward for draw purposes and who could potentially contend for the title. I think this could be the match of the tournament so far. So I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I mean, looking at it too, like it, it definitely it's it's a pretty pretty tasty I think I think matchup when you look at the draw. Um, obviously, on paper, I mean, you got to give Sitsipas I think a little bit of an edge because he's he's the higher seed. Um, the Australian Open is, is by far his most successful major. Um, he's made the semis I think three times um, uh, with this event and. The two times like they played last year, Sitsipas beat them both times. Um, one of them being at the Aussie last year, pretty convincingly, and then he beat him in Rome on clay. But Sitsipas is best his best service is clay. But um, when you think about it, I mean, Sinner, I'm sure he's he's learned a lot from those matches. He made that semifinal at the U.S. Open. He now has Darren Cahill in his corner. So um, you know, it's there's a, I think those little intangibles I think will certainly help with this. Um, you know, I think it, I think it's going to be a pretty tight match. My prediction for this match is Sitsipas in five sets. I think he's going to get him, but I think Sinner is going to give him. It's definitely Sinner. I think is very capable of winning the match, but I think Sitsipas is going to edge him in five. So I think a pasta loss is going to help him. You know, get to victory there. And plus, Philip Pustis, he's he's too good looking in the coach's box to not help Sitsipas <laughs> get the victory. So I just so you know. I, I mean, take it what you will, but I think that's a pretty expert analysis of that. But, but in all seriousness, I, I think it's going to be a good match. It's, I mean, it's probably going to be a, I, I would imagine, a four-hour battle. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to predict sits Brown five with that. All right. Well, I mean, we'll, I we'll, guys, we'll, like he's 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 a douchebag. I'll own it. But when you look at it on paper and their previous history, I mean, I'm just. But everything I've said is facts, including Philippusis being good looking. So say what you will, but all I did was spit facts. Dealing and dealing. See, see I, I, I mean, I agree with you both of you. It's, it, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I do agree that his backhand is definitely a little streaky. Um, he definitely tries to, you know, flick and, and do the wrist. So he drops it a little too much and tries to come up and over it, and that wrist. Flick is a little too too much for for my taste, and I think you know I think that's why he drops it into the net quite a bit, um, or just will you know flip the ball you know twenty feet out, and you're like, what where did that come from? You know, same thing with the serve. You know, I don't think I've ever seen you know people shank a for you know shank a second serve, you know, and he definitely does quite does it quite a bit. But it, I, I think either way, it'll be I think it'll both be an interesting match. Um, you know, hopefully it goes five. I think that I think that'll definitely test the the limits on on who's who's better in the, in the fifth set. Um, you know, but we'll see. It's it's definitely a flip of a coin. That one could go to, honestly either way. You know, so we'll we'll kind of touch. You know, so I, you know we didn't touch base on this one. I'm sure you know the uh, when the Americans came up. You know, um, I don't know if anybody else saw the match here. Uh, against Karen Hatchinoff, uh, I saw a little bit of the of the final set of the tiebreaker, and it was going all one way towards uh, Tiafo to take it to five. I mean, it got to one six, so he had match point or set point, and Karen Hatchinoff comes back and and ends up winning it eleven nine. Oh, so 
yeah, yeah. it was it was it was um, enjoyable to watch. I mean, it definitely sucked, and you could tell that Tiafo struggled to figure out what he's doing wrong. Um, his serve was definitely a little was a little off. Um, his first serve was not as powerful, um, so he had to hit a lot of second serves, if not you know double fault. Uh, and I think in his second serve is, I mean, it's it's not very strong. It is very weak. I'm sure you guys have all seen. I mean, it's just like a little little tiny kick serve that has no pace, just something to be consistent and gets it over the net. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, Karen Hatchinoff, you you know, top player, you can't do that to that. I mean, his forehand is too, is too powerful and the backhand is very powerful too. Both of them are, and he, he he's going to exploit that. So that, that, that first, that second, that first serve is always, you know, huge in the men's tennis game to always be very powerful and always come out strong and if you just have a wink at ink second serve, you just kind of just, you know, tap on over, you know, anybody's going to take take control and, and move the and take control of the point, you know, and it definitely clearly showed in the tiebreaker of who is the stronger person and then the outcome. But it, overall, it was that was some amazing tennis to watch. And you could definitely tell Tiafo was drug was just trying to trying to push past it, trying to push past it. And I mean, he had multiple times where he had set point and just couldn't close it. Yeah, that was a uh, it was tough to watch. I would say because you know he's such a passionate player. He plays with his you know his heart on his sleeve. You can always know what's going through Tiafo's head just by the way he's acting out on the court. And watching him lose five set points to push it to a fifth set and end up losing it in a tight tiebreak like that, eleven nine. It was tough to watch because he is an American player. You always are partial as an American, you know, wanting to see these guys succeed. And watching him lose like that was tough. And I honestly think it might take him a little bit to get over that loss because Hatchinoff, he has had good results, but I think Tiafo's had better results more recently. So I think it was kind of a a blow to his ego a little bit. I think it was a blow to his tennis game that it's kind of like the two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. I think this was his one step back, but it was a pretty big step back. So it was tough. I hope he kind of bounces back, at least for the Indian Wells, Miami sunshine double, as they call it. I think he always performs well on home soil as you can, see by the u.s open last year he played really well and hopefully going forward he's all right um after this one because if i was in his shoes it would be a tough pill to swallow so it'll be interesting going forward to see how he how he bounces back and how he recovers yeah i didn't realize <coughs> excuse me that he was up six one in the breaker and then blew it six, that's six one oof that's yeah. That's flaming out as much as his outfit, you know. That's that's tough. But, yeah. but you got to think too. I mean, it's one of those where it's crazy. You're like, wow, like catch up. He's in the fourth round, but um, he's been slowly, just I guess, steadily, you know, becoming. I guess a little more relevant. What was it? The U.S. Open last year, Hatchnoff got to the. Was it the semis? No, Tiaf. I believe was it. What I, I thought Tiafo got to the semis and played rude. So maybe it was the quarters. Yeah, he he made it pretty far. There's there's been a couple of years in a row where he's made it to, like the U.S. Open has usually been his best tournament, and he's been able yeah. to make it pretty far, and consistent. I know he played one year. I think he made it to, 
think the semis they played Rafa, I believe, and he lost. Yeah. Um, I think it was like Rafa Medvedev won. Anyway, either way it was, he happened to play just one of those guys, and he's like, I can't, he couldn't beat him. You know, yeah. then he played that amazing match when he played, I think, Dominic Team, I believe, and that was incredible. And he's had some pretty good results in Australia, so, and he's got a pretty memorable one. I mean, he's playing Nishioka next. I mean, that can go either way. So, but, uh, but yeah, definitely disappointing with, um, obviously, Tiafo and, and Taylor Fritz. So it's nice to see a lot of Americans, um, male and female, make some noise, but obviously the, the top two. American males are out of the draw. <laughs> so, yeah. But here we are. All right. Well, let's so let's kind of talk about today's uh, matchups, you know, what what we think is going to be going on. Um, you know, so we've kind of talked a little bit of of some of the matchups that, that have already, you know, that went down. Um, we already saw some of the matches today, you know, earlier this morning, you know, Novak beat Grigor. Uh, Shelton moved on to the next round after beating the you know, the land down unders, uh, you know, only sole, sole remaining Alex Popperin. Um, you know, so now let's move on to a little bit of today's matchup. So you got um, Herchak and Korda have already taken the court. Uh, it is one, one, one nil um, in the first set. So they just started 30-30. Uh, that's already started right now. So that'll be an interesting one to see what, what you know, if the American can keep moving forward. You know, then we already just discussed about Nishioka and Hachinoff. And then we've got uh, Laheka is continuing to move forward. Um, you know, he's the one that's that's one that I did not think it this far, but he plays a a tough Felix Ajay Ali Yassim uh, from Canada. You know, I think that one's going to be Felix. I think is definitely the better player. I, I think Laheka has probably probably made his his final routes of of making it this far. Um, I don't know about you guys. I think he's kind of kind of bit the you know the apple as far as he can chew type of a thing. Um, you know, and then of course you've got the big matchup, which is that Sitsi Post and, and, and center tonight. You know, I think that one's going to be, you know, interesting to see. And then t- tomorrow's matchups are going to be, you know, just as tough. Uh, you know, you've got Tommy Paul, you know, Bautista Agu. Uh, you've got Shelton and Wolf, you know, the battle of the Americans. Um, Alex Dimenauer and Novak are taking the court that one's going to be interesting both players are 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 you know grinders you know it's almost like medvedev when medvedev came into the scene and played novak uh took him to i believe four and but all four sets were pretty close novak won it by you know in 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 four but you know that was the first time you saw a grinder go toe-to-toe with with novak i think it's i think it's the same way with 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 dimenauer you know he's just younger a little bit smaller uh, than than Medvedev is, but man, he packs a punch. It's almost like watching Leighton Hewitt back, you know, back on the court again. You I know, think, then you've got. I think Dimitar. Or I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll say I think what Dimitar has going most for him in that match is they played. Um, so it's their first meeting. So I think both guys do their homework. But, um, I think Dimitar, he'll, he'll have the crowd behind him, obviously, with the and, um, you know, he's a fighter and all that. And the fact that Novak's, I guess, his hamstring is allegedly not 100% should be interesting. I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, I, I predict that when Novak went in four sets, but I, I think it, it'll be an interesting little match for sure. 
Yeah, I think it'll be. Um, I would. I'm definitely going to still Djokovic in that match. The Demon Hour, is, you know, his speed is one of his strengths. Uh, his ground strokes, especially his forehand, is probably his strength. His backhand's kind of flat. If he can get to the ball and have enough time to set up for it when he's rushed, it kind of sits up. Um, I just think Djokovic does everything better. Uh, I think maybe Dumanauer can win the first. It'll that's would be a forced match in my opinion, uh, as you know, Djokovic is Djokovic. He never. 100% out of it until the last ball is pretty much struck, as we can, you know, see in multiple matches. Come back from a point down. Um, in terms of some of those other matches, I think the highlight one for tonight is the uh, Sinner and Sitsipas one. I'm really interested to see how that goes. I'll probably record it, watch it tomorrow. Uh, enjoy that match. Oh. Oh, wow. I just saw the, uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler for anybody, but Ostapenko just beat Coco Goff in straight sets. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's Swiatek lost, too, or Shiantek lost. To, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. The oh, women's game is getting, is blowing up. Yeah. This There's no been... love loss with, with the handshakes, with the women's matches. It's like, geez, it's ice cold. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no friendly competition there. It's just like a okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, but regardless, um, some of these matches, it'll be interesting. It'll be a fun second week. This is definitely where the tournament starts to heat up a little bit, if it hasn't already, with some of these upsets. And besides for Coco. Besides for Coco. Yeah. Um. So it'll be fun. I'm excited and. Going forward, it's going to be a good second week. Yeah, and we've got the last matchup of, of today's talk, and, and we'll kind of we'll wrap it up here. You've got Rublev and Rune, Holger Rune. So two young guns, you know. What are some of your guys' thoughts on who's – I mean, I, I feel like that one can be – you know, I feel like Rublev probably has the better edge. Um, he's been there before. He's done it. So he knows how to move forward past a certain point. Rune is still young. Uh, but man, that that forehand is a, I mean, it is a beast from Holger Rune. I mean, I think I've never seen one more powerful. But you know, Rublev is a grinder. He's gonna he's gonna be out there, you know, pushing the you know hitting the ball consistently. You know, he I feel like he's he puts just as much power as as, as Rune does. If that's if you know maybe that's just me, but I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on something like that? Yeah, that one. I mean, it's if there's going to be any fuzz left on the on any of the tennis balls, you know, <laughs> I will, those two hammer the ball. Um, I, I think coin flip. I mean, it's Rublev looks pretty solid. Obviously, Rune. He he had a really strong end of the year. He had an interesting 2022 where it's like he he won Munich out of nowhere, and you're just like, who the hell is this guy? He beats our boys. Us at the French and gets to the quarters, and then, and then he just goes on a tear. You know, the last uh, couple months of the year. So, um, you know, it's one of those where I think it can go either way. Both those guys just hit the ball so hard. Um, I, I personally would like Rublev to win because I don't like 
I think he's a brat. I, I just, I, I'm not a fan. Um, you know, I, I've heard his unsportsmanlike conduct for the alleged stuff he's done in the locker room, um, you know, to some guys. I, I think it's, I loved when Walrinka, like, just basically told him, hey, stop acting like a brat, like, at the end of a match. Like, just, just a, a man talking to play. Um, if you haven't seen it, please look at, look up that YouTube. It's just awesome. I mean, granted, he's 19. Obviously, he's so immature. Um, but I just, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Bruno personally. So I, I would say ob- objectively, just looking at it on paper, it can go either way. Personally, I want Bruno to get the ass kicked. Just beat him in straight. Like, two, 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 like, all right, little boy, go home. Oh, right. um, but either way, it could be a pretty entertaining match. I'm going to go with Rublev on this one as well. Uh, Holger Rune, I honestly haven't seen matches. From what I've seen, he hits the ball about 500 miles an hour, just like Rublev. So it'll be it'll be like a pong match where there's no spin at all. It's just back and forth and as fast as you know, somebody's back loads or string break or something like that. <laughs> But I'm going to go with Rublev on this one. I like his game a little bit better as well. Um, I really like how he sets up for the ball, both on the forehand and backhand side. I think his serve could be a little better. I think he can maximize. He's not the tallest guy out there, but I think he can maximize it a little bit more. Um, so I'm going to go with Rublev on this one. See there, Pat. Your 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 hate for for Rune is about as much as uh, Marty and I's hate for for Sitsi Pass. So we're, we <laughs> match so. up at the very end. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So that concludes today's today's uh, podcast. Today, um, you know, we'll end it on 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 a high note. You know, we'll come back. You know, probably we're probably looking for uh, what next Friday, Saturday. We'll probably we'll get kick off that one right before the the semifinals, you know, kind of talk about how the, how the week went. Um, we've got, you know, we'll have a lot of talk, a lot to talk about to see what's going on, but you know, I think that's a good, good time to kind of come back in. So we'll be back in on, on a, a Friday evening, everybody. So please tune in, keep tuning in. Um, you'll know, we'll have more unofficial, you know, partners, uh, come, you know, come back your way and, uh, you know, we'll keep, we'll keep drinking the beer and, 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 and smashing these bad boys down. We'll also have our, not fallen comrade, but MIA comrade. Yeah, Connor, back on the podcast. <laughs> he, he'll be back. Help. He'll be back in on 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 the podcast by Friday. You know, hopefully, you know, he's had a couple of you know straight straight things kind of happen. You know, that's 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 neither here nor there. You know, podcasts <laughs> take precedent over everything else. But we get it. <laughs> you know, well, that's that we're more important than anything else that happens. <laughs> But, no, <laughs> but no, either way, he's going to be back on Friday. So we'll, we'll have a full house and a full, full boat to talk about to get, you know, get, you know, get a little bit more of opinion on, on one side of things and what's going on and what we think. So we'll have an even amount, but uh, everybody, you know, please keep tuning in. We'll keep, uh, we'll keep giving you the, uh, the, 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 the amazing details. Awesome. Kyle, thanks for having us. Uh, thank yep. you for your unofficial sponsor. I'll be sure to keep bringing my unofficial sponsors and Pat. Same with you. Um, cheers, boys. 
and we'll see you on the next one. Yeah, pleasure, gents. Always. Who's that? See you later.